Award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. We've got a fun show for you today. Once again, back with us is Mr. Jason Holland. Hey, hey, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we're going to talk about shallow fishing today. We are. My favorite. Bass fishing yes, in shallow water. Does, uh, does it get more fun than that? I, I don't know. I, that's my favorite bass fishing. Yeah, it's my I favorite. Have, yeah. It's that time of year. It's warming up a little bit. Yes, sir. So it's exciting to get out there. Yeah. Bass are starting to move up. you got some pre-spawners there. You've got some... Uh, you got some spawners coming in, so man, this is this is time to get shallow, yeah. and it's a ton of fun. It's I call it the uh, full contact bass fishing. This is my favorite time. <laughs> the full contact sport with Jason Holland. Yeah. So, uh, before we get started, remember shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com. You can pick up a hat similar to the one I'm wearing. Uh, we've got a lot of styles, colors, uh, one for every sportsman out there. Whether you're a fisherman, you're a uh, a hunter, it doesn't matter, we've got it for you. So check that out at shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com. Remember, gooutdoorstennessee.com for licenses. Yes. Get your fishing license there, get your hunting license. Please uh, buy your license. Hey, don't, the good thing. Don't, don't be crazy. Yeah, don't, don't be crazy. Don't take a chance. Uh, Do support the right the thing. resource. Come on, we're out there working for you. Yeah, exactly. And you know what the good thing about the license this year is? It's a 365 license. So it's good from the date of purchase. Wow, that's in huge. Instead of expiring in, in February now, uh, if you buy it in March, it expires in March. If you buy it in July, it expires the next July. So you get full 365 days out of the license no matter when you buy it. Wow, that's huge. How did, how did I not know that? That's uh, new this year. Well, it shows you how behind I am. So uh, those folks that renew every year at the same time, it'll be just fine for that to happen. You'll still get 365 days, and that's, that's great. But if you... A late bloomer and like to to buy it just when deer season's starting. You'll mm -hmm. you'll be good till the next deer season. Man, that's awesome. Yep, well, that's really cool. I'm glad that we're uh, moving into that because I had to wind up just putting mine on auto renewal because I'd always wind up. I'm about to start fishing. I'm like, you know what? It's middle of March. I probably have not bought my license, so I had to go online real fast and get on my phone and do that whole song and dance. And finally, after a few years, I said, oh, forget this. Yeah, auto renewal and just I ain't got to worry about it. But the fact that now that it runs the whole time. Um, you know, it really for guys like myself, those auto renewing, uh, you know, I still get in that full year, but for the guys that were, you know, doing different things from a hunting standpoint, or maybe you didn't fish that much first part of the year, you like, you like to get warmer, man, you could pick up, uh, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's mm -hmm. extra dollars in your pocket. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. I mean, you think about it, you could buy a, a, a license late. In the late turkey season, and you can fish the beginning of the turkey season next year. <laughs> hey, I mean, we nailed it. <laughs> yeah, there it, you it go. just now gives you the opportunity to, to, you know, to do the right thing, and just go buy your license. Don't mm -hmm. play the game; it's not worth it. Yep. Um, and more importantly, not only that, not just the trouble you get in. I mean, it just that goes to so many great things that exactly. that funds everything that we love to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and that license sales, I didn't realize how important it was. Other than, you know, I need to buy the license so I don't get a ticket and do the right thing. I, that's the that's the limited exposure I had into it. Until we started working together and we've had some conversations off the air, understanding what that license purchase really does. Right. And how that generates not just the, the money from that to go to conserving and taking care of a resource, but where that comes from a federal standpoint and how all that gets put together and how you get federal money back into the state. Mm -hmm. um, it's much bigger than just buying your license from what it goes from a collective group uh, as a state and what that does for funds back into our state. Um, 
it's huge. I mean, it really allows us to continue having the type of fisheries, the type of hunting opportunities that we have at the state level in an amazing state for all of those things. What well, all takes money? It doesn't run on thank yous. Yeah. And so it has to have funding. And what a great way to do that just by doing what you should do, but doing the right thing, being legal, and what that brings back in. It's awesome. This message brought to you by Jason Holland. You're Fishing. welcome. I'll be here all <laughs> the next 30 minutes. Oh, man. Yeah, I appreciate those kind of words. As always, uh, yes. I mean, you summed it up nicely. Um, one more thing, and then we'll jump in. Come on. W-D-E-H, A-M-800 in Sweetwater. Sweetwater, the greatest name of all cities <laughs> I've ever heard, Sweetwater. There's some good cheese out there, too. I, Sweetwater I, Valley Cheese Farm. I'm oh, not, yeah. not familiar, but well, now I have to go buy some. Yeah, Thank you, do. you for that. You uh, spent my money. Saturdays at 7. You can catch the show right there. So. Saturdays at 7, Sweetwater, Tennessee. Yep. I think they make boats there. I think you and I, we, I mentioned this off the air. I'm pretty sure there's a boat manufacturer out of Sweetwater. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Probably should have Googled it before I went in here and opened my mouth and made myself look dumb. Uh, lesson learned. But I'm pretty sure there's a there's a boat company that uh, yeah. makes boats. There may be. Yeah. I don't know. I can't put maybe, my finger on it, but probably so. Yeah, maybe when this airs, somebody can go on there and, and post it on there. Hopefully, I will go online and figure that out before that. But if I forget, will someone please help me out and mm-hmm. put what boat company is made in Sweetwater? There you go. But we appreciate our radio partners. And as always, you can find us on podcasts, uh, on our social media. We're out there everywhere. So. Yeah. We're, again, I said this in the last time, we're kind of a big deal. Well, you know. I mean, well, Mr. Don and Mr. Jason are a big deal. Right? They, I'm riding their coattails, but uh, they're kind of a big deal around here. Hey. So uh, it's really cool because it, it, you know, we what we talk about today and some of the stuff that we've done before and probably afterwards, what's really neat is you see the overall reach of the show mm-hmm. and a lot of the vast majority of what we talk about or topics we go into or specifics are a derivative of a comment or somebody put something on social media. Hey, I'd love to hear about more about this or yeah. So we're allowing, the, in essence, the audience to dictate really where the show is about, where we're going with that, uh, at least from from what I do, um, mm-hmm. and talking about the fishing side. And so that's really cool to see the interaction piece, which is always important, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, the interaction is really cool, but allowing you know the listener to uh, to drive the ship of what we talk about is a lot. Because listen, I'll get on the topic and. I mean, we can get down in the nitty gritty. We'll talk about how <laughs> just the attributes of hydrilla and milfoil and what it does to uh, overall fit. I mean, we will get, I'll get spun out in a hurry and we'll look up 30 minutes later and everybody's eyes are glazed over and I'm completely <laughs> lost everybody. So it's really nice to have the direction because I will geek out. Um, hey, if we get in the weeds, we can always uh, cover it on the next episode. Yeah, there you go. I've had to pull that, uh, that escape hatch button a lot. Jason looks at me, he's like, yeah, you're going to have to roll this one to the next one because you, you're you way, way out in left field. Let's try to get a little bit more, less granular, a little bit more summary. But, uh, yeah, it's great that the listeners are engaged, and that's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why we do – I say we. Look at me. I didn't put myself on the team, Mr. Don. How do yeah. you like that? Yeah, you're in uh, while, Why – Wildcast is what it is, yeah. and what it's here to do, and what it's meant to do, uh, is that education piece. And it's it's not it can't just be all education. It's got to be fun. It's got to be entertaining, and you got to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, allowing the listeners to help dictate uh, really where that uh, ship goes is, is always fun because you're yeah. always you're always talking to the right people. Yeah, we may have an idea for something, but you guys out there are the ones that we're trying to help educate. If you got something you don't know, let us know. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll try to get Please, it Please, engage. Engage. I say engage with mm-hmm. the agency and engage with uh, Wildcast. You know, engage with me if you got questions on, you know, more specific things. I answer questions literally every single day from social media uh, for people that, hey, you know, I got a more specific answer that you didn't cover. And hit. that's what we're all here to do. At all, Jason all Holland Fishing. Jason Holland Fishing. Shameless plug. <laughs> that's uh, what I do. <laughs> and we're back. Uh all right, so shallow fishing today. Yes, we're talking shallow fishing. Bass, shallow. It's that time of year. I enjoy this. This is probably my favorite time. If I'm going to bass fish, I am not. A, I don't enjoy as much throwing deep diving crankbaits. I like fishing shallower water on the closer to the banks, and and it's just more fun for me. Yeah, you know, and it's it, it gives everybody the opportunity uh, to catch the quality and quantity of fish because most of the fish in the entire system has scooted have moved up. And so for, for guys that are fishing from the bank or maybe fishing from a kayak um, that are not going out into the bigger part of the lakes, um, it gives you opportunity to, to catch fish that you may not have an opportunity uh, you know, in summertime and different parts of the, of the year mm-hmm. because those fish, a big, vast percentage of them have moved out deeper and doing different things. And so springtime? Man, it's an absolute great time to get out and go fishing. Um, you know, the, the weather is it's starting to warm up. It's starting to be more fun. It's starting to be more engaging. Um, and so you're not having to deal with, you know, super cold or the scorching hot. And it's the everything kind of lined up for, uh, you know, I'm going to say give or take six or eight weeks, you know, depending on how the seasons fall or how the, the weather falls in the right, seasons. Right. But, man, it's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. This is where you can go out and – you can fish the way you want. So I say fish the way you want to fish. I like to fish big, heavy, you know, big, big, heavy line. I like to, to you know, cast and reel. I like to be moving. I've got ADD at the maximum <laughs> that's even possible. I can't sit still. And so this type of fishing, which is casting and winding um, or, you know, fast moving, faster moving baits, and I still can catch them. Mm. And you can catch them other times of year using those type of baits. You're just not catch them as well. Right now, all right, in springtime, man, this is when everything lines up, and so it's the it's the shallow running crate baits, it's uh, it's the swim jigs, it's the swim baits, it's everything that's moving. Uh, the entire system is waking up. The water's getting warm. They're all thinking about spawning and and reproducing. And uh, man, it's just a great time to catch them. Mm-hmm. I just got way off in the weeds. Mister <laughs> Don looked at me like, man, you're gonna get back on point. Just gonna be way excited. <laughs> but I do. I, I love this. And so today's gonna be a great show. We're gonna talk about all things rod, reel, line. Uh, we're going to hit on some of the baits, and mm-hmm. there's there's not enough time in a day to go through every specific thing, but we're going to kind of hit some of the high points, talk about where to fish them, how to fish them, sure. and uh, and hopefully, ultimately, help you guys catch some more. Let's do it. And catch some bigger ones. Yeah. So. I'm excited to, to, to learn more about some of these, these baits, these options. We've covered them a lot of times. We've covered a lot of these on the table today, but... Uh, Let's, let's hit them again and, and know what the specific uses are for them, you know, in this time of year. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's – there's a million different things under the sun, but there's always going to be that staples that you go back to. Uh, you know, it's it's much like playing football. You're going to have all these different trick plays, but there's going to be that fundamental post route or that fundamental uh, eye formation that you're going to mm-hmm. consistently run. And so – we're going to talk about some stuff that we talked about in the past. Uh, hopefully, we'll give a little bit more information for some people that didn't hear it before. Sure. Be good, but also different different uses uh, or different scenarios where you want to do it. So let's talk about line, uh, rod, reel, and line. And so before I hop into that, there's going to be two things we're going to hit on. One, we're going to talk about um, baits that you're going to throw that you're going to cast and wind. The other one we're going to talk about are going to be flipping slash pitching baits more of your soft plastic worms and craws, jig fishing, that type of thing. Okay. So we're going to kind of hit on both. Um, we're going to try to do it at a 
at a good pace because we've got a limited amount of time and there's a massive amount of stuff to cover. So um, if I hit something real fast that you want more information on, hit me up on social media sure. or whatever, and we'll, we'll talk about it. So uh, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, my favorite way to fish uh, right now, and that is flipping. Okay. And so flipping, uh, that's just a, a technique of making small flips, small pitches to typically a, um, a target, uh, you know, a lay down, a stump or something. Um, bushes, all that different type of thing. And it's small pitches. You're going to throw it in. You're going to you know, move it up and down a little bit. You're going to pull it back out. And you're going to do that same set repetitive motion. Uh, for me, I love the bite. Right, I, I'm addicted to that ticking uh, feeling of when they bite it. I love throwing crankbaits. I love moving baits. But, man, there's something about just that when you pitch it in and all of a sudden you feel that thump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... Yeah, I get excited. Start you, sm- yeah, just start smiling, thinking about it. There's something addictive about that whole process. And so pitching and flipping will really give you the best of that because uh, sometimes they'll just suck it in and you'll barely feel a tick. Sometimes they'll hit it, like they're mad at it, wide open, and yank it out of your, the rod out of your mm-hmm. hand. It's just something about it. So we're going to hit on it real fast. Would you label this as a finesse fish? Finesse fishing? Uh, no, I would say this is going to be more – I mean, I'm going to use a heavier weight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use a casting rod. So we'll talk about that real fast. Sure. Um, Cash and fishing rods, as you all know, seen my uh, listening or seen, uh, big fan of cash and fishing rods. Uh, 100% carbon fiber, 100% made in America. The whole thing, everything's sourced, everything's made. They make their own blank, make their own grips. Huge fan of them. Check them out, cashandrods.com. That was a quick plug. I there you like go. That. I sounded like a commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, so this is their, it's a bait casting rod. For guys that are watching, this is um, seven foot six flipping rod. Uh, it's a heavy power, fast action. Uh, it's got a lot of backbone, right? So when you set that hook, I mean, you're you're trying to pull their tail through their mouth. Mm. That's you're hitting them hard as you can, <laughs> and man, you're you're trying to eat because typically you you need to draw and drive that hook home. Yeah. But also, typically, you're flipping in some pretty gnarly stuff that you need to get their head pointed up and you need to get them out. If you barely set the hook and give an opportunity to move or swim around, they're going to hang up your line. They're going to hang it. They're going to break off your line. You're going to give them the opportunity to get away. So when you flipping and pitching, you want to set that when you get that bite, you want to set it as hard as you can. Within reason, I mean, don't 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 be, you know, you're not trying to swing a baseball bat, but you know, you want to hit them pretty hard to drive yeah. the hook home, and then you want to get their head pointed the right direction, so you can get them out and get them in the boat. Uh, you need a rod that's got a lot of backbone to do that, but you also want a rod that's not like a telephone pole. You want some tip, right? So that's going to allow you to cast it better. Right. That's also going to allow that rod to load up and drive that hook home. So uh, a seven six, which is typically what I go with on a flipping rod. Uh, it's great for shallow fishing, and again, I'm not I'm not spending a bunch of time. So if I come up and I'm trolling, you know, in my trolling motor, my boat, I'm going to flip to that uh, that stump. I'm going to hit it on typically on both sides, maybe on the back. I'm going to hit it real fast because mm-hmm. if he's going to bite, most of the time he's going to bite when it pops in. Uh, it's a reaction bite, and so I'm going to hit it a few times. I'm going to keep moving down the bank, uh, and so you want something that has long a longer rod that you can uh, you can get the uh, the, the power that you need, a longer rod, and also you want that pendulum motion, and yep. a longer rod really helps you do that. Um, so talk about flipping. Uh, with that, I'm going to use uh, on a uh, – we'll talk about the reel. I'm going to use a high-speed yeah. reel, high-speed casting reel, right? Okay. I want like a 7.3 uh, or an 8.1 an eight one to 1. I want a lot of speed because, right, I'm just flipping it in. Bouncing a couple times, and I'm reeling back in real fast. So I'm I mean, doing that. Your reel brings in more line. You got it. Right. So every turn of your of your handle picks up more line based on the gear ratio, much like a ten speed bike. Okay. We won't go into the, but just think a ten speed bike. Uh, it's the same. It's the same rotation, but you're picking up more line based on the gear right. or the gear ratio that you are. And so I want to pick up a lot of line. 
that makes me more it makes me more effective, makes me more efficient. But more importantly, I don't have to reel so many times to get it in. I'm not I'm not as tired. Right. And I can do in one turn, I can do what three turns may do on a lower gear ratio reel. Gotcha. So uh when higher gear ratio reel, I want to use um big fan of gamma line. Um, 100% fluorocarbon line. I want to use typically a 20-pound. If I'm flipping, I like 20-pound test line. Won't go into tensile strength, but that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, that 18, 17 to 20, I don't like a 25-pound line. It's just, it's just For me, it's just way too thick, and I haven't had a situation where 20-pound line didn't do as well as 25-pound. So 20 so. hasn't failed you yet. Not yet. Fingers crossed. There you but go. Uh, So that's, uh, that's your rod. That's your reel. It's your gear ratio reel, obviously, in a bait caster. And your line, 100% fluoral, 20 pound. Uh, your soft plastics, uh, I like a couple different things. I'm a big fan of Re- uh, Reaction Innovations. It's oh, just a small little beaver bait. I haven't um, seen that one. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, got really good action. But more importantly, is they got a, a the plastic is a little bit thicker around the nose. And so that's typically what happens when you're pitching. If you have a real soft bait, which is great, is that you'll have a tendency where the hook penetrates when you put it in the plastic, it'll rip out. Uh-huh. And so you're you're pitching over and over and over, and intensely where that hook keeper is, if it's super soft or doesn't have more plastic around the nose of the bait, it'll pull through and you'll wind up never even catching a fish and you have to put a new bait on. So in those scenarios, I like a little bit uh, a soft plastic that has a little bit more um, plastic, a little bit thicker at the, at the top of the bait. So I can continue to get a bunch of flips out of it without it ripping out. Okay. Uh, so Reaction Innovations, it's a beaver-style bait. Uh, you can use your craw baits. Uh, another one that I like a lot, if I want to do something different, <clears throat> excuse me, is instead of using a small compact-type craw bait or a creature bait, uh, I'll do something like the Missile. Uh, this is a 6.5 Quiver. Same type of deal. I'm pitching and flipping. Now I'm just using a more worm-style bait, <clears throat> which is... Obviously longer, it's more slender, and so these baits work really good if you're throwing into, uh, think of a tree that's falling down. you got a bunch of limbs. Mm. Well, the smaller, uh, more compact, thin lure uh, or plastic is going to go through and slide through those branches a little bit bigger, better than a, a wider, thicker piece of plastic. Sure. And so I, personally, if I'm flipping, uh, working brush piles or whatever, that are in the water, or if I'm flipping uh, limbs that have fallen in from a tree, I like a worm style. It just it gets it in and out of those branches a little bit better. So that's a tip. Use whatever you want. Um, try. I highly recommend trying whatever you want and find out what works for you. Right. But for me, I like to use uh, the 6.5 missile quiver. Fantastic bait. I can do a lot of different things with it. Wacky rig it. I can Texas rig it. I can do all types of rigging, any other state rigging you can think of. <laughs> uh, even Tokyo rigging, which we've talked about before. Yeah, uh, it's a great all bait. Those. Yeah, great bait for that. So uh, that's pip- pitching and flipping. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other places we can go with that, but we're going to keep moving on. All right, so we're going to go to the next thing, which is uh, the old chunking and winding. That's going to be uh, your crankbaits. Um, that's going to be your chatterbaits. That's going to be your spinnerbaits. That's going to be your swim jigs. That's going to be your swim baits. It's going to be anything that that has to that action gets generated mm-hmm. by you reeling it in. You're going to move off the bank a little bit further, right, for this? Uh, no, actually, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm, I'm to stay – again, the – this, and this is kind of, so two different things. So if you're bait, if you're on bank fishing, I mean you kind of work with what you got to work with. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So you're going to do more of a fan casting. Ideally, you're going to start with a parallel cast down the bank, and then from there, just uh, if you're throwing left to right, just follow like you're following a clock. So let's just say I'm casting from left to right. So I'm going to throw parallel like at a three o'clock. Mm-hmm. They don't get anything. Then my next cast is going to be like at a one o'clock. Then it's going to be at tw- and I'm going to in essence fan cast um, along that entire dial. Until I really figure out where where I'm getting bit, and so once you get bit with that, and again as you're 
bank fishing, moved down the bank a little bit further, and then I want to make that same type of cast where I got bit before mm-hmm. in that same part of the water column. Because typically, if I caught one that's in three foot, if I go down another 50 yards, 100 yards down the bank, more than likely that's where that those fish are for that specific time of the day. That is where they're hanging out. So right. I want to be – I want to cast where I have the most opportunity to catch a fish. Gotcha. So if I'm fishing in a bass boat, same type of concept, but once I get it dialed in, I have the luxury because of a bass boat that I can stay in that same – that same depth range around the entire pocket or the entire mm-hmm. cove, wherever I'm fishing. And so I have a little, obviously, more flexibility. But the, the, the goal is to figure out where they're at that specific day for what's going on. And we don't have time to go into all the reasons why they're there. Right. But if they're in three foot, man, I want to keep casting and trolling and throwing in that three foot range over and over and over because my percentage of catching a fish is much higher. So um, chunking and winding is you have to, the bait that you're throwing has to have. Uh, it gets its action or it works because you're reeling it back in. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Yep. And so uh, a couple things that are my, my personal favorites and I think absolutely are go-tos is uh, square wheel crankbaits. Square wheel crankbaits, um, I love them so much I actually uh, buy custom-painted ones. Um, I know. I'm stupid that Man. way. Um, folk, yeah, folks, custom um, cranks. I'm not sponsored by them. I say this every time. Uh, get no money from them, but they are fantastic. Um they can anything that you want. They got a bunch of different custom colors. I like custom colors um, just because I feel like, hey, I have a little bit better advantage than everybody that's throwing the same color over and over. I've got a little bit of a tweak. Do I think it matters all that much? Eh, to me, it does. Yeah. Well, so, you always sneak the red in there. Well, we, if you ever listen to this show, I'm a huge fan of a huge fan of red. Uh, I even got a red. The if you can't, if you're watching, you can see. But I've got a red treble. Uh, at the front hook is uh-huh. a red treble. Oh, this one's actually black and blue. I like it. Uh, this color, especially in dirty water. Springtime, you get a lot of, obviously, spring range, you get a lot of runoff. You get a, a, There's more chance to have dirty water than clean water that time of year just because of the weather system. So I like a, do- a darker colored crankbait because uh, I'm using more of the profile opposed to the actual color. Sure. Uh, and then for me, the red, it, it, it always gives them something to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Does it really work? I don't know. It does for me. Yeah. So I'll say, hey, it does for me. So if it works for me, then it works. Yeah. It may not work for you. You may hate it. Maybe that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, for me, it's my. It, it, it's a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, folks, custom lures. Uh, you know, if you get really geeked out like I am, you wind up buying you know custom painted lures. But uh, square bill crankbaits are great. Um, lipless crankbaits are great. Sometimes they're called a rattle trap. Yeah. Um, I also uh, got this one custom from folks. It's a blade bait that's actually painted. Uh, kind of a, a greenish, yellowish color that really matches uh, here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that shad color. Um, it's blade bait. Uh, works really good as well. It's a lot of real tight wobble, a lot of vibration. Works great. In. Caught one of my biggest fish on a bait that's similar to that. See? So they go. do work. It's a good bait. Yeah. So um, I like those type of baits that give off uh, a lot of vibration. So back up just a little bit. If you're in a part of the country where it's still a little bit colder, Right, so you're still uh, you're in this March time frame, and it's still the water's a little bit cold. And, you know, the weather's going to do what it's going to do. Uh, you turn around and get a more more flat sided crankbait. So, just for a quick tip, the colder the water, the tighter the wobble you want on a crankbait. Mm. Don't have time to get into what all that means, but go spend some time on YouTube. Just Google it. Um, the flat sided crankbaits are tighter wobbling, so they don't have that big large roll. Right, so they're they're more of a more of a shimmy, mm-hmm. um, and that matches. Right when it's cold, the shad aren't going crazy and losing their mind. Right, they're very tight swimmers. They're very lethargic. Right, and so a tight, 
a flat-sided crankbait is going to give you a more tight wobble, which is going to mimic more of what the, the forage fish are doing that time of year. Um, still, if it's warm, the water's warming up where you're at, um, absolutely get these, ty- these uh, larger wobble baits. Bang them into everything. Mm. Guys, that's the number one tip I will give you when it comes to throwing a crankbait. Everybody gets scared, right? You just go spend seven, eight, nine dollars on a crankbait, and you're scared to death. You're gonna get it hung up, and you're gonna lose it and break it off. I promise you, you're going to. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna happen. yeah, I'm just go ahead and tell you right now. Get you ready for your heart's gonna get broken. Uh, I'm gonna take one that I spend fifteen to twenty dollars on, and I'm gonna lose it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just gonna happen. Now, you can get better at it. You can you can you can you'll learn. You can be able to finesse it through when you come up on stuff. There's some lure knockers that you can get them loose. Um, there's ways that you can pop your line. There's a lot of things you can do to get them back. But I promise you at some point you're going to lose a more expensive lure. I say that to say don't be scared to throw it. The whole point of why you're out there, why you spend the time, effort, money, investment, and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. you buy your license, you do all this stuff, is to catch fish. So what I don't want to do is go spend thousands of dollars gearing up, and I'm too scared because I'm going to lose my $7 crankbait that I don't go and catch. It's... It's so counterproductive, and yet every single fisherman in the history of the world has done the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. You're scared to throw it. So if you're that guy, I get it. I've been that guy for years. What I recommend is go get something and start throwing something you have very little money in, right? Go get a lead weight. Go get a cheaper hook, and go get a plastic worm, right? You got – I'm going to make up number. You got a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got 75 cents invested in it. Go in and fish that for a little while. You're going to break it off. You're not going to feel near as bad. And then from over that, you begin to build that tolerance yeah. or that ability to say, okay, I know there's a chance at some point I'm going to lose this lure. But you know what? I caught 75 bass, 100 bass on this lure before I lost it. And it's because you're putting it where, where one, most people aren't going to throw it because they're scared. And then also, those bass, they get conditioned, right? And so they know if there's, uh, you know, if there's, let's just say there's two. Uh, two big limb or two big trees that's falling in the water, right? Everybody's going to throw right there in the middle of them, right? Yeah. There's no branches, right? There's going to be a fish there. It's yeah. fine. Well, the bass are not stupid, right? They see in that open spot, there's lure after lure after lure. So where do they go? They go and they just sit there in, in the trees. That's mm. in, the, in the branches, and they're comfortable there. They got something over their head. They got a structure that are around. And so you're out fishing. You spend all this money, and you're not throwing where you need to be throwing because you're scared to throw it. So. No idea why I got out of that. Practice thing. in your backyard, though. I mean, you could practice throwing into trees and, and get used to Absolutely. hitting areas, hitting, Listen, hitting I, tight spots. Yeah, it's the same thing like anything else. If you want to be proficient at it, you can't just go out on game day and think you're going to do great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I, I mean, as a kid, every single body of water, every puddle, uh, we'd set up five-gallon buckets and, and flip into that. We'd set up dinner plates and flip into that. So uh, go out and practice. Get the confidence of it. But go fishing. Put the bait where you need to. If you're scared to do it, just work yourself over time. You're going to catch more fish. And at the end of the day, it's going to be worth the investment when you come back and you've caught a bunch. So uh, you done turned the mic. You done turned it off on me. Two things I want to hit on real fast. That go are ahead. Super important. Uh, chatterbaits. Probably the hottest lure in the country. Uh, this is a jackhammer. It's stupid expensive. It's way overpriced, but you got to throw it. <laughs> throw it and crank it. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth the money. It's 15 16 bucks. They're worth it. Um, wow. But throw the chatterbait. It's a killer bait. Uh, the one I like, the trailer I like to use is the Torn Outdoors Timber Crawl. Actually based here out of Middle Tennessee. Yeah, fantastic guy. Um, hand makes them all, hand pa- uh, hand packages them all. They do a great job. They're actually going to be at the fishing shows uh, around this part of the country. Yeah. So go check them out. Put that bait on the back of a uh, chatterbait, and man, just hang on. It's yeah. absolutely 
Uh, it's wide open. It's four-wheel drive fishing. So, hey, get Jason Holland Fishing. Come check me out. Please interact with me, all the social media platforms. Don't forget the three most important things. That's your faith, it's your family, and then fishing. Thanks again to Mr. Don, Mr. Jason for having me. Always love to come and spend some time with the Wildcast guys. So check me out. Thanks for having me again. Hey, I appreciate you being in here. Uh, always a lot of good information. Uh, folks love love it when you're on. They learn a lot. I do too. Uh, so I now I know the bill of my crankbait needs to be beat up and banged up at the end of the day. Man, if it ain't, if it ain't yeah, beat drive up. Drive it home. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't beat up and scratched up, then you ain't fishing it where you need to be fishing. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, hey, go buy a, a license, get you a rod and a reel, and get out there and go fishing. That's a, it's a great time of year to do that. So this is Tennessee Wildcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do.